It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for Clips and Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Tiger Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 the Midlands. Heard around the world on the iHeart radio application. Download today. It is free. Website with the dot com on it. Doggone it. That's Clemson Sports Talk dot com. 0086 on a Wednesday. Less than two weeks away from Clemson kicking off the college football campaign Labor Day night. That's the thing that stinks, man. As I told you a couple of weeks ago, the problem you got, Tiger Nation, is you gotta wait. All those games on during the weekend. I guess the good thing is you can really lock into those. And then you'll get things rocking and rolling Labor Day night. So from yesterday, exactly two weeks away from Clemson kicking off the college football season. We also had a chance on the program yesterday to hear from Kate Klubnick and Clemson Tiger safety, Andrew Mickens. Plus today, the Tigers came off of the practice fields as well or uh, Going to be coming off the practice fields here uh, in just a little bit. So we will do our best to get you some of that audio. Clubnik yesterday was asked about a topic that we talked about here on the program. And that was the representation that Clemson has had in the state of Texas in recent seasons. I also saw people chatting in the forums today on our website. If you haven't been over there, if you've never been a part of it, Come check it out. Believe me, you will not feel like you are traveling back in time when you hit our website. No, because uh, we do, we've done our best to make this thing as uh, interactive and engaging for our users. Uh, when you just click on the story, Texas Two Step, the interview with Kate Klubnick and RJ Mickens post practice yesterday, I think you'll get the vibe. You'll go, oh. Well, okay, this this does indeed, Swanee, feel different to me. So please go check that out. Support what we do. Help us grow. Continue to push our site forward. And if 
you are willing and able, come in and support us at the tune of $63.17 for one year of coverage. That's $63.17. Text line, phone line, anytime. Be a part of it. We get text all the time here on the program. All the time. And I try to work them in. Got a couple to get in today. Would love to hear from you live. You want to be a part of the show? Call us. What do you mean call you? I mean legitimately call 803-450-0086. If you don't get me, leave me a message. Say, Swanee, I want to come on the show. I'll call you back. We'll slide you right into the conversation here on a Tuesday afternoon. Great content up right now on the site. Makuba, the best I felt, another Texas guy. Roaring history, the day Tigers met Tigers in Death Valley. If you missed that story a couple of Thursdays ago, brilliant, brilliant stuff uh, on that front. As a matter of fact, I appreciate 1,300 of you for sharing it, nearly 6,000 of you for viewing it. Thought about making that a premium article. Why? Because you're not going to find another site that's got that. Not to mention, our site is 100% owned by this very Clemson graduate you're listening to that proudly wears his 2002 Clemson ring every day before our fine-feathered friends peeking over the fence. So you could continue to peek over the fence at the best radio show in the nation. I've done everything I can to never let that preclude me from making this show not just about Clemson, but a show that South Carolina fans could tune in and get a good scoop on the Tigers, dive into conversations about the Gamecocks, and spend a little time with us here on the program talking a little college football. And that college football gets going this weekend. Notre Dame and Navy set to open the season over in Dublin, Ireland. That would be a heck of a trip, as I mentioned, Clemson played in the Tokyo Bowl or in the Tokyo Dome a couple of times in the Mirage Bowl and the Coca-Cola Classic. Maybe there'll be a day where Clemson plays outside the United States again. Uh, the Bahamas Bowl, I believe, is still around. That's always uh, a, a consideration to land in, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. I don't even know who they've partnered with in terms of their league. Doesn't matter. I don't think Clemson fans really want to dive into that one. But if you had the, the, the chance to go to, say, England and play a game, you probably would want to do it. My cousin Richie, who texted me today, uh, he said, Swanee, I've been binging the shows lately, and I appreciate Richie being a part of the program. He said, I really like your words about your dad on the happy birthday edition. And he said, please give him his best. So, Dad, I know you're tuning in today. Richie sends his best your way, big guy. And then he also said, what an incredible story about the photo shoot uh, with the Tiger. And Richie's a guy, man, he travels all over. He's always, I, well, okay, I can't say Richie travels all over. I don't want to pigeonhole him, but it seems like he goes, I think, and Richie, you correct me if I'm wrong, man, via text. I think Richie goes to like Croatia a lot, which is very unique. But I think he likes the cuisine. I think he likes the views. Uh, I've never been. But I'm assuming that as Clemson Tiger faithful, there would be a large percentage of you if I said, hey, this thing's going to be played over in, Clemson's going to play a game over in England. You'd probably uh, 
placed the seatbelt over and around the buckle or whatever, <laughs> whatever the line is they give you on the airplane. Always like when George Carlin did his little, his little routine on that about, uh, you know, the safety lecture. Classic comedy gold. As a matter of fact, the other day I was watching television and just happened to run into a channel that just had back-to-back episodes of George Carlin's greatest routines. And I, I would say if there's anything disappointing about George Carlin is that when when I would watch, say, Jammin' in New York, I think was one of the, the main ones I grew up kind of watching when it was on HBO. I would have thought that that routine, and I know this is naive. Let me throw in the Google machine and see what year Jammin' in New York came out. I believe that was what it was called, right? Jammin' in New York, George Carlin, 1992. All right, so I was 15. And at that point, you like to think you know everything there is to know about everything. And you you think you you're, you're smarter than your parents uh, at that point in your life? You big dummy! You find out you weren't. Well, you know you watch that George Carlin routine from the great you know lines and vocabulary where he talks about planes, and he he says when two planes collide. That's called a near miss. He says, no, no, no. That's a near hit. He said, a collision is a near miss. And then he goes, look, they nearly missed. (laughs) Yeah, but not quite. And so you're watching that routine. And I I would have thought everything was original. And then as I got older and I got exposed to more of his stuff, I found out so much of that stuff, literally the whole routine about stuff. The whole routine was retreaded material that I thought was comedy gold. I mean, still is comedy gold. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. But yes, a lot of that material from 92 was stuff he had done in the 70s. Anyway, I'm not sure how I trekked down the the, the path of, of George Carlin outside to say travel over to Europe to watch a college football game may or may not be something some of you would be interested in, but I would imagine some of you would be because it's always about sights and sounds and venues and new venues. And that's the thing that I think has happened for some of you with the college football playoff. Oh, yeah, you would love to be in the playoff. But if you had to play in the Fiesta Bowl again, a lot of you would say, yeah, I've already been in the Fiesta Bowl. Tired of going to the Fiesta Bowl. I'm ready for something fresh and different. And I think that's why the college football playoff over the long haul for a lot of fan bases will be better because think about how many years you were kind of pigeonholed into being, you know, uh, in in the orange bowl as the champion of the ACC. If you're Florida state or Clemson or anybody else for that matter, or you were coming out of the big 12, that's where you were going. Oklahoma and Nebraska, you were going to the orange bowl to face the ACC. I mean, at least now in the off years, these bowl games have some different participants Unfortunately, I think Clemson and Alabama and probably a few others have achieved the level of success where it 
doesn't necessarily jump off the page, that round one visit to New Orleans the way it did previously. I would say it would be nice to win that game once. Sure would be nice to see the sugar falling from the sky in uh, the Superdome for Clemson uh, as opposed to what you've witnessed in the college football playoff era, which is uh, two visits to the Sugar Bowl, one visit to the national championship in New Orleans and uh, no rides home with any hardware outside of a participation medal, if you will. Nonetheless, and maybe more incredibly, one, the Chick-fil-A Beach Bowl has eluded the Tigers during the college football playoff era. Chew on that. And number two, you still have an opportunity to maybe go across the country and play in the Rose Bowl at some point along the way, which, not going to lie, that's a, that's, a, that's a bucket list deal. I, I don't know that I could... Don't, now, if my wife's listening, honey, turn the, uh, turn the radio down while you have a second. Can you speak a little louder? I'm half throwing with my phone. No, I'm not. I'm going to try to whisper this best I can for Ed Sanford. I don't know if I could take the whole family back to California for that trip. Okay, now that I've got that out of the way, <laughs> that's a venue. Um, maybe I could, maybe maybe I could convince the wife that I could go. Um, that it would be you know something I needed to 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 partake in. But if I know her, she's gonna be like, no, 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 I got to go too. The kids are finally old enough that we could leave the kids. I, I'll say that. The kids are old enough, not that we'd leave them by themselves, but okay, so maybe, honey, I take it all back. You can go with me. Now, guys, listen, don't hold me to that unless unless she threatens. Uh, between you and me, at this point, uh, I would just be the one to try to convince her to let me go, uh, to save a little coin. Um, not to get away, just to save a little coin. But that would be the venue, again, that I would like to go go to. I, the Rose Bowl is top of the mark still on the kind of missing list of bowl games for me to cover. Uh, I, did ne- I never went to Arizona. I didn't go for the national championship the first year. I didn't go to either of the college football playoff matchups that Clemson's played in out there. I believe that was against, both of those were against Ohio State. And and that just, to me, I've been to Arizona plenty. I just can't imagine going to Arizona for a bowl game. That seems like an awful lot. Dallas and, and, and the Cotton Bowl did that. Awesome. Done New Orleans. Done, done the Orange Bowl. Did the national championship across the country. But, yeah, I would say Peach Bowl in the playoff have not and would Obviously, Rose Bowl in the playoff have not. You have to. As a matter of fact, that game, I'll, I'll tell you this about that game. That game would be so popular, I would be concerned that maybe I didn't find a way to get credential for it. I can't imagine that would be the case, given that we cover the Tigers 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the website, and then two hours daily right here on the program. If I do the math, that's what, 26 hours a day? <laughs> is, that how, is that how that works? But yeah, I look across the pond at a 
sporting venue that has some sort of significance to the realm of soccer would be hard would be that would be difficult not to go cover and mind you my wife actually has family uh, over in England so I could make it make a lot of sense to go we'd have a place to stay we'd you know be able to make a, a family trip of it now that's a little different than the Rose Bowl I I know what you you're thinking oh we're gonna hold you to that Swanee okay so if Clemson plays over in England, your boy's on the hook. Got to get the whole family uh, over to uh, to the Great Britain area. We'll do it. We'll do that. I'm, get, I'm I'm locking in. Lock me in. Final answer. Final answer. Lock me in. You were serious about that? That's that's probably what I'll be saying when that comes up. But yes, lock me in for that one. All right, eight zero three four five zero double zero eighty six. So I mentioned. Earlier, Kate Klumnik, uh, his comments on the state of Texas, his comments on Clemson in the state of Texas, but I did not get those to you here on the program yesterday. I don't believe those came across as I recall. So we will fire that up for you coming up in just a little bit. Don't forget Mike Yuva joins us in hour number two. It is a game week. Notre Dame year two. Marcus Freeman, last season was a, I would say, an interesting development for Notre Dame, just given what they did and didn't do on their schedule. I mean, that's probably the most notable thing about the 2022 calendar season for the Fighting Irish is that they were really good at times and then they were also really, really bad. I don't know if you recall how things got started for the Fighting Irish, but it was a 0 for 2, losing 21 to 10 to Ohio State. That's that's okay. Right? Remember that game was on the road in Columbus? That was the game day kickoff of the season. Nighttime, horseshoe, 106,000. 21-10 the final score. Nothing to be ashamed of. Notre Dame was the fifth-ranked team in the country. Ohio State was ranked number two. The Irish, even with a loss, were, were still coming into that next weekend. Home game against Marshall. The talk was... All right, yeah, they dropped down to number eight, but you know they make a run. They got Clemson on the schedule, yada, yada. They'll get back into the college football playoff mix. Well, consider the egg laid 26-21, lost to the Thundering Herd that September afternoon, and Notre Dame fell to 0-2 and completely, completely just dropped like a rock out of the polls. They didn't re-emerge until November the 12th. Basically, the entire midpoint of the season, hiatus city from the rankings. They beat Cal. They beat North Carolina on the road. Uh, they beat number 16 BYU. Lost to Stanford in South Bend. They beat UNLV at home. 
They went to Syracuse, who was ranked 16th, and beat them. And then their most impressive win of the season when they topped the Tigers on November the 15th, 35-14 impressively. And then that's when they got back into the polls. They would go on to win out up until their matchup with Southern Cal, which they lost 38-27, and then they beat South Carolina in a bowl game. So for Notre Dame this year, another opportunity uh, to climb in the rankings in Marcus Freeman's second season. But it's fair to say last year was a bit of a roller coaster for the Irish fans. Stick with us. Rocking and rolling along with you, the show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk. We're here every day on Fox Sports Radio, 1400 the Midlands. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio application, our website, again, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Go check it out if you've never been, man. We would definitely love to have you be a part of the show uh, and the website and uh, share our work on social media. Help us out. We we absolutely, uh, it's invaluable, quite frankly, to have you guys sharing our work and reading our, our work. And the other thing, too, we take sometimes, we take the stories here on the air if you missed them. And then we managed to repurpose those like we did with the story about the Tiger. And it, it felt good because Clemson had just put out a photo of Team 128 as we are entering the 128th season of Clemson football in Tigertown. And the expectations, I don't think you can say at this point that the expectations Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus are are higher than they've ever been uh, but they've reached a crescendo over the past few years where people expect this team to be competing for the college football playoff and if they're not the question is why and of course there there were likely some individuals who believe that Dabo Sweeney would not have the willingness to make the changes necessary to make this offense go. And the curmudgeons, if you will, and, and maybe they weren't all curmudgeons. Maybe some of these people were, 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 were right, but they didn't want to admit that maybe Dabo Sweeney was working on something behind closed doors, and then boom, all of a sudden, as Graham Neff said when he was on the program, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere. And nobody had the scoop on it, and that's the way they wanted to handle it. And you bring in Lincoln Riley. And I don't think that there's necessarily animosity between, and who knows, maybe for Brandon Streeter there is, but I don't think it's like Dabo Sweeney didn't like Brandon Streeter. What Dabo Sweeney saw, though, was that if they could bring in one of the, the best, biggest names in college football as it pertains to the offensive side of things, why wouldn't you do it? And so he went out and did it. And that's what's built the excitement around this Clemson Tiger team heading into this season. But the other side of that excitement 
comes from Cade Klubnik. And the belief that Cade Klubnik can be a player that performs more like the guy that you saw in the ACC championship than what you saw in the Orange Bowl, more like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence than what you saw from, say, DJ Uyunglele. And I'll, I'll lump Kelly Bryant into that. But understand, I respect the heck out of the job that Kelly Bryant did to lead Clemson into the college football playoff as the number one seed in 2017. Like, that should never be something that is lost on Tiger Nation. Should not be. Because to do what Bryant did that season is not easy. And they arguably should have gone undefeated. He, had he not gotten hurt against Syracuse, they do go undefeated. Nonetheless, yesterday, Kay Klubnik, Clemson's starting quarterback, met with the media and was asked about the Texas guys on the roster and the job that Clemson's done in the state of Texas. To be honest, I don't really know why. Uh, I think that, you know, people people want to come to Clemson. Um, that's for sure. I did. And uh, I think a lot of people that aren't here wanted to. Um, and um, when you have a place like Clemson, I don't think the hours of how far you are really matter because, uh, you know, you kind of go into a new home and, um, a second home or or something like that and um, you know that you're going to a community and a family that's going to pull you in and um, I think that, that people just know that and you know I don't think that it's anything really specific of Texas that we're doing uh, I guess I mean I was talking to you know obviously Noble and, and Ian and Harris before they got here um, and definitely Noble I mean we, we've been talking for years now but um, it's it is super fun you know that we've got you know, guys from Texas, and obviously Coach Riley from Texas is just super fun, and um, got some got some Texan culture in the in the facility, so it's fun. Clubnet was also asked about his initial conversations with Garrett Riley about brisket out of the state of Texas. I don't know what I mean. Uh, I mean, we were mostly just talking about like different places in Austin and Texas, and just kind of different types like that, and um, yeah. Um, I have a few favorite places. Um, some of my favorite places, Terry Black's Barbecue in Austin uh, and Salt Lake, two of my favorite places. Yeah. Klubnik also went on to say that his dad was going to be bringing in uh, some brisket when he makes his next visitor. He's going to be cooking some brisket uh, for the quarterback room. So that's Kate Klubnik talking about Clemson. And again, I think it's interesting that he talks about you know the 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 amount of time I saw Ross Taylor uh, tweeting this out. Excuse me, the distance uh, that that's not an, an issue when you're going to a place like Clemson because it does feel like a second home to those players. And I think for the future for the Clemson Tiger football program, you know, at quarterback, I think the question that you you have to ask yourself is when you take a look at Garrett Riley, okay, and you take a look at the quarterback situation. You know, the Tigers didn't land Jaden Davis. He went to Michigan. They didn't get DJ Lagway out of Texas. By the way, he went to Florida. Air Noland uh, out of Fairborn, Georgia, committed to Ohio State. Walker White committed to Arkansas. That's the 2024 class. 
So Clemson's kind of riding that Christopher Vizina 2023 card. Then in 2025, they got the Blake Hebert kid out of Lawrence, Massachusetts. And, and that's all well and good. But Clemson's not going to go out and offer guys in that next class. But today, in that 2026 class, but today I saw one of the best, maybe the best quarterback prospect in the 2026 class committed to Lincoln Riley. Not Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley and the uh, Southern Cal Trojans as Julian Lewis elite 2026 quarterback out of Carrollton, Georgia, committed earlier today. The thing is, didn't have an offer from Clemson. Why? The Tigers don't offer guys that early. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan, 803-450-0086. Yeah, you, you heard me talking about Julian Lewis before the break. Uh, Clemson does not offer players, okay? Does not offer players. That early, Julian Lewis would not pick up a offer uh, from Clemson. Why? Because that's not how Dabo Sweeney uh, has traditionally done things. And I just wonder if, yeah, look, I don't know what the influence is. I don't know what the influence is from Garrett Riley on Dabo Sweeney, but. To me, and Lewis is the top-rated quarterback and the top prospect, I believe, uh, in the country in that 2026 class, which those dudes still got to play the 2024 season, their sophomore year, the 2025 season, their junior year, and then their 2026 season. Okay? But... While he's the number one overall player, according to 247, and the number one quarterback, number one in the state of Georgia, all of that, committed uh, to Southern Cal over schools like Alabama, over schools like Auburn, and, and others. I mean, when you look at the complete list of teams, Florida State um, had offered him, Georgia had offered him, it's a laundry list of top flight programs. And I'm not to say that not, it's not to say that Clemson has to offer these guys early. It's okay if you're willing to miss out on a player because you weren't willing to um, make a move earlier like some other programs. But could you imagine if a kid like this, and who knows what he's going to be, that's the other thing, and that's probably Sweeney's philosophy. You don't know what this kid's going to become. But could you imagine if he had gone to, say, Florida State and all of a sudden became this, like, incredible Deshaun Watson-type player and you didn't even offer that guy? And I bring this up because I do wonder... Would it be, would it behoove Clemson to make a move and start offering some guys earlier? Especially, and, and here's what I'll say. We go back to the Cade Klubnik segment a few minutes ago. And Klubnik was talking about the distance and how the distance didn't really matter. But, would it not behoove you 
if you've got the top-rated prospect in the country, basically in your backyard, from from Carrollton, Georgia, to Clemson, South Carolina, is three hours and 31 minutes. It's on the other side of Atlanta. So again, if you've got a kid like Julian Lewis within proximity of Clemson, would it not behoove you to go ahead and, and maybe make that offer? And I think the bigger question becomes, given his talent, given he's the number one recruit in the 2026 class, and given that it was Garrett Riley's own flesh and blood, Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal, who, who, who gained this commitment, maybe that's the thing that eventually helps worm this way into uh, Clemson's recruiting strategy, is that Garrett says to Dabo Sweeney, I'm not saying Sweeney has to listen to Garrett Riley. But at some point, you have to think that Garrett Riley's sitting there thinking, hmm, Lincoln just got this guy. Maybe we could have gotten this guy if we would have gone in early where Clemson doesn't even have an offer out yet because Julian Lewis is a sophomore. What do you think? Will Garrett Riley have enough of an impact on the Clemson Tiger program to potentially sway Dabo Sweeney's recruiting strategies. Let us know in the comments if you're watching on TikTok or if you're listening to the show, text us, 803-450-0086. And don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching today for more content like this. Because maybe that's what it has to be. Maybe, maybe Garrett Riley can have some influence uh, in that respect because he's watching his brother go out and land the top quarterback in the country and who knows will 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 Clemson shift on that maybe maybe not I'll say this when we go back and I just mentioned the the guys you've already got committed I think the other thing you have to ask yourself is how long is Garrett Riley in Clemson how many recruiting cycles will he be there and I, I can make an argument that if he's there this year next year and the following year he may not even be there when when uh, Julian Lewis ends up playing collegiately because Garrett Riley may have moved on and, and could be coaching somewhere else. But, and again, I don't think Garrett Riley's, you know, I, I, I know the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. And I know he's looking forward. I don't think he's looking beyond his time at Clemson just yet. But I do wonder if in the next couple of years he could somehow manipulate, that sounds like a bad word, um, influence a change uh, on that front for Clemson. And, and would that be something that's valuable? The thing if we you know talk to a lot of you, you would say, yeah, I'd be all for that. I think Clemson should go out and recruit other players or players earlier uh, than they do. Because of situations like this, because maybe proximity would make a difference for a guy like Julian Lewis. Uh, you'll never know. I mean, obviously, he didn't go to Georgia. So maybe that wasn't the, the end-all, be-all. Maybe it was about going and, and playing for the coach who's done an incredible job with quarterbacks and, and Heisman Trophy winners, et cetera. As a matter of fact, the graphic is one of the first ones I've ever seen that had not only players of the school you were committing to, but it also had players that played under 
Garrett Riley at Oklahoma in their Oklahoma jerseys in the graphic. So there's that side uh, of the coin as well. All right, final segment in hour number one coming up, and then right around the bend in hour two, we will peek over the fence into the backyard of the South Carolina Gamecocks as our buddy Mike Yuva swings by the show. Quick break. We'll bounce back with more right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of hour number one here, the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk, 803-450-0086. Be a part of the program anytime, of course, any place, and uh, always anywhere uh, hanging out with us. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to sit down with former Clemson Tiger offensive lineman Eric McLean, and due to some time constraints today before Mike Yuba gets on, we're going to go ahead and hit this interview just in, in a portion of this interview from the ACC kickoff. What's up, man? How about a couple of uh, Columbia boys hanging out here in CLT in Charlotte? What? I know. I can't believe – I mean, do they let us wear our Clemson garb in, in, in Gamecock country? Well, I tell you, it was a lot – easier up until this past November. It got a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, guys. Uh, but no, man, it, it's cool. It's, it's a cool neighborhood. Love being there. And um, yeah, we're waving that flag. Don't worry about it. So it's it's probably weird for you to hear this, but you're now like a veteran of being on the TV. Crazy? I mean, wild. and I've got the photo. Remember, yeah. I've got the photo That's of right. you in when well, we're at the, at the yeah. National on Championship the game. You're on, on the, the phone. phone. you got crazy. a big smile. Yeah. You're getting the job. You isn't didn't tell crazy? me, but that is, isn't it? <laughs> But so so, what's this event been like for you as you've kind of matured in the process? And yeah. then, you know, what's it been like this week? Yeah, well, what, what's crazy is doing this as a player, you know, eight years ago. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's way different now. It's way bigger, way better. Uh, the opportunities for these student athletes, man, is, is just – it's incredible. And it's really cool. And, and, you know, everybody that's here is such a great ambassador of their respective university, college, and, and – just to see these guys, how they handle these moments, is it's fun, man. And and then now, you know, going into my fifth one of these, uh, you know, as a media member is just it's insane. And and how quickly time flies by, and just to see all these coaches, all these players, and then of course, you know, fellow media members, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, and now that there's three players, dude, there's a lot of big guys. That's there's right. a lot. I mean, I've interviewed so many offensive yeah. linemen. It's wild. About man. time. I was like the one guy, you know, when I went as a as a player, and now it's it's a lot more common of a thing because that quarterback's kind of guaranteed then there's a little bit of a, a, a hybrid player and it's usually an offensive lineman yeah i had to study up all the o linemen right. the smart guys they're making you work <laughs> yeah. baby we're making you work i love it i love it Eric McLean with us here on the program today all right so when you look at the the landscape of the league it has been clemson's league for yep. nearly a decade yep. i know florida state had the run before that and you get in the bobby bowden years but is this still a league that's Clemson or yeah. is all the buzz and hype about Florida State legitimate this season well I, I do think it is legitimate um you know for FSU but until proven you know it, it's Clemson and I think when you look at that and, and you say okay what does that mean I mean these guys haven't lost to FSU since 2014 I was playing I was on that team right down at Doak Campbell Stadium and uh you know I was also on the team that broke the streak you know in 15 and went on to win the ACC championship and that's when that tied started turning yeah. and it hasn't looked back since you know even in these quote unquote down years for Clemson 
uh, you know, they've still been been beating Florida State. And I think the gap certainly is, is closing and has closed. When you look at the talent, I think you would be foolish to think otherwise. I mean, they have so much production back, so much star power. And I get the schedule, and I understand who they beat last year and when they beat them. Uh, but at the end of the day, they've got dogs, and they've got some really good players that – you got to be ready, and you have to be at your A game. I can't wait to see that game, fourth fourth game of the year, uh, and then hopefully we get to see it twice. And hopefully it's you know two top five teams twice in the ACC championship. And who knows, maybe both teams are are fighting and able to get a playoff spot. I mean, we last time we saw the ACC not have divisions was 2020. What happened? Two ACC teams were in the playoffs, so it would be great to see that again, um, and, and would love to see it. And if it's those two teams. You know, the other thing, too, right, like the opener against the SEC and the matchups that the ACC has, yeah. Miami and Texas A&M, Georgia Tech and Ole Miss. I mean, you start to look, Wake and Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I and I, 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 when I bring those games up, man, and you played in this league, mm-hmm. the guy sitting across from me, I don't care what school he's from, <laughs> yeah. he gets a little twinkle. That's right. Like he's ready That's for right. that game. That's what right. is it that makes that matchup you know, I, I don't know. I've never been to SEC media right, days. I right. never ask an SEC guy what sure. they think about that game. Sure. But I know over here, I see a little yeah. something extra. What is it? Yeah, you know, it's just important, man. When you go outside of the league and you get to fly that flag and you take on an opponent that the caliber that you will, it means a little bit more. And you want to get that done and you want to go out and, and, again, win every game. But anytime you go out of conference, whether it's the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-10, 12, whatever they are, uh, get it done and, and get that win under your belt. And, it, uh, it, it's important, you know, especially for the ACC this year. All those games you just mentioned, you want to change the narrative, you want to set the tone, go win. You know, you want to get better TV deals, go win. Everybody. It can't be one horse dragging the cart. We need a bunch of thoroughbreds sprinting. That's what we need. Now, with the other thing too, right, like when you talk about the conference, Miami, last year there yeah. was a lot of buzz around Miami. Yeah. And that, the, you know, it was a, a – a, Less than stellar season for them. But if you look historically at Mario Cristobal, year two has turned out to be pretty good in every place (laughs) he's been. Is this a year where at some point along the way we're talking into November about the Hurricanes maybe? I I hope so. You know, when when you look at Virginia Tech and Miami – the ACC needs them good, right? Those were teams that when they came in from yeah. the Big East, you had all these big expectations, and quite frankly, they just never panned out to what you thought uh, for, for a consistent amount of time. And so I think when you look at Coach Cristobal's team and last year and the things that they tried to do, the things they wanted to do, they didn't have the pieces yet, and they were trying to force the issue. You had an offensive coordinator that to, wanted to run his system and didn't have the horses to do so, and, and quite frankly, it, it was a failure of a season. This year they've retooled. They went out and got some amazing offensive linemen, uh, two from the portal that I think are going to make an instant impact, one from Alabama and Javian Cohn, uh, the other Matt Lee, the center from UCF. Those guys are primed and ready uh, and going to be a big deal. The other two pieces uh, are true freshmen, and they're one of the best offensive tackles that Miami has ever received uh, that they're going to play, and they're going to play early. So, you know, how good can that offensive line be? Tyler Van Dyke, they're going to take the pressure off of him they're going to really make him just that guy where he can sling the ball not think about all these different things and i think miami will will be noticeably better just what does that mean and what does that equal
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So there you go. Just a little bit of that full interview. Uh, I don't even think we've published that on our website yet. We'll put the whole thing out, though, this week if we haven't. I'll double check that. All right. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Yuva. GamecockCentral.com helps us peek over the fence on the show that shakes the Southland right after this. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. is our number two that's drive time right here on the show that shakes the southland clemson sports tall law and swan hanging out with you hard to believe game week college football looming the notre dame fighting irish take it on navy mike yuva grew up a big time notre dame fan of course uh one of the notable alumni from assumption college is, of course, Brian Kelly, the former Notre Dame head coach. And the other is Mike Yuba. Mike, what's up, man? Welcome in. How we doing, Swanee? It's game week. You're fighting Irish. Uh, Going to be across the pond taking on Navy. I mean, that's a good feeling, 2.30 on Saturday, to be able to turn on a, a little uh, college football. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, uh, you know, with Navy... The game should be over fairly quickly. Talk about the pitch count in baseball and how uh, things have sped up a little bit. Anytime Navy plays, you feel like the game should be over in a couple of hours, but who knows? Maybe Navy comes out, decides to go five wide just to throw a curveball at us all to start the season off. Well, look, I, I talked about what Notre Dame did last year, right? They opened up, remember, in the horseshoe, and it was a competitive game against uh, a top-ranked uh, Ohio State team. I think Ohio State was two or three in the country, and people were like, okay, this Fighting Irish team is legit because I think there were five when the season began. They dropped to eight. Then they get beat by Marshall. I mean, and, and we know they end up beating Clemson, and they beat South Carolina at the end of the season. And, you know, obviously I think they feel better about the year than they did two weeks in. Um, but I wouldn't expect them to blow a tire. But at this point, hey, all bets are off. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing that we learned last season, and if anyone had any any doubts about Brian Kelly when he arrived at LSU, is that he's a hell of a coach. I mean, honestly, regardless of wherever he's been, he's had success. And I know we're not necessarily making this the Brian Kelly hour, yeah. but the whole point being is with Notre Dame going through a coaching change, they even though you have – the core of your talent back last year, you still have some of that still this year, even though LSU was able to take one of their running backs in the offseason. The fact of the matter is, is that with, with ND, they were going through a change to the point where, you know, it wasn't going to be as easy. And the reality is, is this too, right? 
with ND being a non, um, not part of a conference and still trying to find ways to be able to have a good season so that they can make the college football playoff, they are right now going to be viewed as, okay, is ND going to be able to get over that hump this year? Are they going to be able to get back to that relevancy or are they going to slowly start to drift away? And we talk about realignment all the time and whatnot. Regardless of what happens with Notre Dame in the next couple of years, if they're able to be part of a conference, which I, I feel like at some point it is inevitable, if they're not able to have a good season this this year, it could really set them back for the next couple of years. Like, I'm not trying to be overdramatic here, but, again, this isn't the Notre Dame of old, right? It's, it's Times are changing. We talk about this with other teams and how they are playing on TV all the time now. They're not America's team anymore, for a lack of a better phrase, right? You look at the Cowboys and how they were always on TV. ND still has that contract with NBC, but it's just not the same as it used to be. So, again, not to be overdramatic, but for ND, they really need to find a way to bounce back and have a good season this year. Well, we know the college football playoff is changing, and obviously the landscape of college football has changed, and that's often been the thing that – I thought would force Notre Dame into a conference was simply, hey, either you guys play with us or you're going to have to, you know, play against um, Tulane and 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 you know whoever else is left that's not in a Power Five. That may not be the case, Mike, but I do wonder with the deal they struck with the college football playoff, where if they are ranked number one, two, three, or four they would never get the first round by. I almost wonder if they were to get into the playoff for, say, two, three years in a row, um, be a top four seed, but have to play an opening game at home and end up getting beat in that game a couple of times, if that might not be the thing that has their fans going, what, what are we doing? Let's get into a league so we can get a buy. The buy is more valuable than standing on this in island of independence. I mean, I think it's inevitable that we will get to that point because everything that you just brought up on top of the reasons that I mentioned before with the fact that it's just they're not they're not what they used to be and the draw of being able to see ND play on national television every week. You're seeing a lot of these other teams get exposure. I mean, it might not be necessarily NBC. The eyeballs might be more in comparison to some of the other schools each week. But you can watch some of these other games. I mean, shoot, you can watch TikTok Tech on ESPN Plus for crying out loud. It doesn't matter who, who the school is anymore. So I just say all that because, again, I'm not trying to be over dramatic here with ND. I feel like replacing a guy like Brian Kelly is never going to be easy, regardless of people's opinions on the man. Like I said, wherever he goes, he wins. LSU, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Grand Valley State. Shoot, he's the winningest coach at Assumption University for softball, for crying out loud. Wherever wherever he does, he wins. So it's not going to be easy for ND to replace him. And as they head into year two now, you can't use that as a crutch anymore, right? I mean, I know that will probably be a discussion even heading into year three next season as they move beyond the Brian Kelly era, but ND's in a place right now where they really have to find a way to turn things around because if not, you're talking about the future of that program, they really could take a major step back. And if we're talking about possibly trying to get into a conference at some point, which as you and I both agree, I feel like they need to at some point, it could really hurt them from a recruiting standpoint. 
on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA. Uh, you can catch him on uh, GamecockCentral.com, part of the On3 network as well, helping cover that program. And I will say, you know, earlier today, I, I talked about this at the beginning of the show, uh, Julian Lewis, who um, is a five-star prospect out of Carrollton High School over there in Georgia, quarterback, committed to Lincoln Riley in Southern Cal. And he's a 2026 Mike, which means he's still got to play a sophomore, a junior, uh, and a senior season of high school football. And I don't, I don't have an issue with that at all. I mean, look, man, if you want to risk it for the biscuit and offer a guy that's that young and he's pans out and he's the number one rated recruit in some uh, analyst rankings, et cetera. But, you know, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson don't offer players that early. And I, I don't know what uh, Shane Beamer's stance is. You're certainly welcome to weigh in on Beamer's stance on uh, when he's willing to offer guys if you have any information on that. But the one thing I will say, and, and, and I mentioned this, could it matter at some point that this this kid ended up going and, and playing for Lincoln Riley with Garrett Riley on staff at Clemson because when it's your flesh and blood that's you know taking advantage of something that you don't you know that you don't have, whether it was that toy when you were a kid or whatever, you know you end up turning to your parents and go, well, that's not fair. I, I kind of wonder, you know, I'm not saying this kid would have committed to Clemson over Southern Cal anyway, but I do kind of wonder if Garrett Riley might actually be able to have some influence at some point along the way over Dabo Sweeney in terms of his recruiting practices. So I guess first and foremost, is that hypothetical? possible in your opinion and number two if you can enlighten us on how Shane Beamer handles offers etc for players because Clemson uh, doesn't do it until guys are juniors yeah no I I think the hypothetical that you brought up I think it will happen at some point especially if Garrett Riley is at Clemson for you know the the near future and I think we all expect that he doesn't hop around and go somewhere else in a year or two but I think at some point, we've kind of talked about this, right, with the transfer portal, and I'm sure there's some Tiger fans that feel this way, which is at some point Dabo has to change his ways. And the reason I say that isn't to say that Dabo's lost his fastball. You know, I, I know that gets thrown around a little bit or has been thrown around in Columbia just because of what took place last year. But the reality is, you know, Dabo's still one of the best college football coaches in the country. I mean, there's no question about that, and no one can argue that. But I do feel like at some point, just like with anything in life, you have to make adjustments if other people around you, other programs around you, whether it be NIL, whether it be the transfer portal, you have to adjust at some point. Because if you don't, you're going to get left behind. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So I say that because I do feel like we will see changes. And I think you know, it could be small changes at first, right? But I feel like at some point you, you'll see changes in things that maybe Dabo, say, five years ago, ten years ago, you would never th- thought twice that he would do that. Oh, he's not going to do that. Well, maybe he will now. So I say that now to go back to Columbia with Shane Beamer. They recently, I want to say it was the beginning of the month, maybe August 5th, August 6th, they landed a four-star quarterback at the time he wasn't rated because it's the class of 2026 which means they are a sophomore in high school they landed one of the top quarterbacks in the country i think he's the number five quarterback landon duckworth at the beginning of the month so i say that because i think shoot if you have an opportunity to land especially a quarterback right 
if you're able to get a kid to commit early on, I think you're going to continue to see coaches do that. It's not something that we aren't accustomed to seeing. We've seen players get offered early on, but I feel like we'll see more of it, especially that position. And the reason why is when you look at the transfer portal, when you look at some of the numbers, especially Mm. as we get away now from that extra year, that COVID year, these numbers are going to start to be, you know, it's a little different now. These numbers are going to really start to shake up because that COVID season, which feels like forever ago, these players aren't going to have that year. These players, those players are going to be all gone in the next two years. So I bring that up because talking to coaches, whether it be FBS, whether it be FCS, it feels like now more than ever, especially with the transfer portal, they are more focused on these numbers than ever before. So when they really try to map things out from a recruiting standpoint, they are going as far as three years away. So I think it will become more of a common practice Again, maybe the Dabo Sweeney's of the world, maybe some of these old school coaches, maybe they don't do it right away. But I feel like you will see it because, again, you're seeing it with commitments. You're seeing players commit now earlier than ever before. National signing day, for crying out loud, it's not what it used to be. And I know it's an early signing day. My point being is you're seeing kids commit in February, um, excuse me, April, May, July, August, whatever the case may be, because these coaches – are enticing them saying, hey, we want you to commit earlier because they're trying to get their numbers down. So I'm not shocked that there's been a trickle-down effect already in the class of 2026. Yeah, that's that's a you know that's a good point that you make. I, I didn't really think of it like that. And then I think you, you add to it, too, at this point, um, NIL. I, I, I know you can't yep. use it as an inducement. I mean, you and I understand that, but we also know the realities are that it is somewhat of an inducement at certain universities, and I just wonder if nope. that that's another part of it. And and I hope it changes. I don't want NIL to necessarily go away, but I certainly hope that the NCAA or whatever governing body we have at some point kind of reigns it in. But I also wonder if that's a part of it because you can almost guarantee these quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I I mean I know it's not a guarantee, but look, man, if if uh, Caleb Williams is making X. Uh, you don't have to guarantee that to uh, Julian Lewis, but you can say, hey, Kale's making $20 million this year playing here. Wouldn't that be nice for you? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. On top of it, too, Swanee, I think we can all agree with it. If you're one of these top quarterbacks in the country and you're seeing this pattern, and I know, again, it's not like we have this huge sample size and all these players are doing this. And I specifically talk about the quarterback position because, as we all know, there's only one quarterback in the field at a time, right? It's not like you're playing receiver or safety or linebacker. But if you're one of these quarterbacks and you have an offer right away, and I'm not saying they're committing just because of NIL, that could play a factor. And I'm not saying that was the case with South Carolina with Landon Duckworth. But my point is, why not? Why not commit to it? Because when you do that, God forbid if you have an injury or God forbid you just decide, you just go off. And there's a dream school out there. And I'm not saying that will be the case with Landon Duckworth. I'm not trying to get Gamecock Fields fans all riled up. I'm talking about any player for this, for this matter, for you know, class of 2026 and beyond. Why not do it? Because what, what, you, you hold all the cards at that point. You want to go decommit and go to another school? That's great. I mean, that's why I think some Gamecock fans are like, okay, great. Got a four-star quarterback for the class of 2026. Wake me up when we get to that point. You know, I mean, we might have freaking, I don't know, Another three Rocky Balboa movies out by then. I don't know. I mean, it's so far away for crying out loud. So I think they're just trying to enjoy the process of it. 
But at the same time, too, if you're that player, take advantage of what you can get because you're not signing your life away right now. Yeah, you might piss off a fan base, you know, on social media, but at the end of the day, why not? Why not take advantage of whatever's thrown at your at your, at your way, especially if you know other quarterbacks are going to start committing a little bit earlier. Mike, you've again, GamecockCentral.com. Okay, Mike, so walk us through uh, where are we with South Carolina in terms of, of preparation for their matchup against the North Carolina Tar Heels. I know because Clemson plays on Labor Day, their schedule's a little bit different from a lot of teams. So give me the insight where South Carolina right now and, and how is all that prep going? I know we touched bases with you last week, but give us the latest. Well, let's talk about the injury front. Shane Beamer met with the media earlier today. Juice Wells, he's been banged up going back to the la- uh, going to the offseason, and Beamer has disclosed it as uh, a hockey phrase. It's a, a lower body injury is what he keeps referring to it as. But he has been not fully practicing, but he's been running around. And that was the latest today from Beamer. And I think Juice Wells is arguably one of the best wide receivers, not just in the, uh, in the conference, but in the country. So being able to have him, Beamer thinks he will be – Ready to go week one, Trey Knox, the tight end that had a, twi- uh, a knee injury a couple weeks ago. He has a brace on his knee, but he'll be playing week one. And then the five-star tra- uh, five star tight end slash edge who is now playing wide receiver, Nicholas Harbour, he's been banged up a little bit, but he expects him to play as well. So I talk about the injury front because that's been the biggest story for South Carolina today. Spencer Rattler, that's the other story. He has been locked in. You talk to mm. anyone on this team. That's all they keep saying is that the way he has handled practice this year in comparison to last year, he's very locked in. Dal Loggins, the new offensive coordinator, is really just giving him a long, long leash to be able to just go out there and take control and command of this offense, and he's been able to do just that. The players love this offense. They feel like there's been, as Rattlers put it, more explosive plays, more touchdowns at this point, to the point where Rattler said, this is the best camp I've ever been a part of. Would that be last year or going back to Oklahoma? So the players really like where this offense is. I would even say it's further ahead of where they were anticipating things to be at this point. And I think the big question now is if South Carolina can stop the run and the offensive line could block as well, that this team could be a little bit ahead of where they were hoping to be at this point as they get ready for next week's week one against North Carolina. Mike, what, where's the, the fan base on this game being in Charlotte? I, I know, look, for Clemson fans, that venue is typically the ACC championship, so uh, there's a, a, a lot of excitement in making your way up to that one because you've, you've tended to have maybe a berth in the college football playoff on the line. This is a matchup that we've seen before, obviously a couple of years ago at the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, but where are South Carolina fans just in, in terms of their enthusiasm to be opening the, the season at a neutral you know, site venue uh, against the North Carolina Tar Heels. They love it. I think they love it for the fact that it's your border state rival, right? I mean, is it going to be the same as playing Clemson or even Georgia? Certainly not. But there's a sense of pride, and we've talked about this on your program before. It goes back to the ACC days when the Gamecocks were still in that conference. There's pride. There's pride that the Carolina name, right? Who's the real Carolina? I mean, that's what the fan base, that's what you get that sense from. But for the players, they understand that from a recruiting standpoint. And I always think back to what Hugh Freeze said when I covered Ole Miss when they would play Mississippi State. And again, I know it's not the exact same when you're talking about 
border state rival versus in-state rival. But the point being is one game isn't going to dictate where a player goes from a recruiting standpoint. And I truly believe that as well. But at the same time, too, South Carolina, they beat North Carolina the last time these two teams played. They played in the Dukes Mayo Bowl on that very field. South Carolina has an opportunity to win uh, and make that streak go to two in a row now. So I say that because you can use those little things when it comes to recruiting to point to. It never hurts, especially when you have an in-state rival or, in this case, a border state rival. Again, folks, follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA. Mike, buddy, we'll talk to you next week, my man. All right, Swanee, appreciate it. Hard to believe, but next week it'll be game week. We'll be talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks and the North Carolina Tar Heels on Saturday up in Charlotte. Oof. It's almost here, folks. You can almost smell it in the air. Stay with us. That was Mike Yuva before the break, 803-450-0086. So I was looking back. I know earlier I played some of the audio from um, Eric McLean. All right? I'm not going to lie to you. I thought we'd already published that story. I don't know what happened. We didn't publish that. I didn't do the K Klubnik article. Folks, smack me on the wrist. I think what happened was fall camp got rolling. And we got so busy doing stories on that stuff. I didn't even... I'm embarrassed, uh, quite frankly, um, that I didn't get that stuff up. Now, good news. It's not too late. We still got uh, you know a little less than two weeks until the kickoff of the season. Those will be premium, I will tell you, um, if they're good, if they're good. If I get through writing them and I go, eh, I don't know, even though it's got the audio, but we'll probably drop those as premium. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we will push forward with that. So I, I have no idea how that you know blew by me. It was great to hear from Mike Yuva. Love getting the, recruit, the uh, injury updates from South Carolina. Uh, big game going on between uh, the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels uh, in Charlotte. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a betting man. I don't, I don't really gamble. I, I you know, what I do like to do is like a little pick 'em pool for college football or whatever. I've never done DraftKings. If those guys want to sponsor the show and teach me about how it works, hey, I'll bring them on board. Whoever does that kind of stuff. Um, but I've never, I've never ventured into that. But I will tell you, just in terms of the game and the expectations, according to ESPN, North Carolina is a heavy favorite in that matchup. Um, according to the matchup predictor, 62.4%. Uh, the Tar Heels are favored by 2.5, according to Caesars Sportsbook. Neutral site game, 7.30, kickoff. You, you, game day is going to be there for that matchup. Uh, I asked Mike before the break, you know, are South Carolina fans excited about this one? And he said, yeah. And, 
you know, for Gamecock fans, I would imagine that this game would always kind of have some significance to you because of the fact that, one, they were such bitter rivals when they were in the Atlantic Coast Conference, especially in basketball. Um, I don't have much in terms of the football lineage, you know, kind of in my my mind. But, you know, if you go to Wikipedia, it's labeled as a, quote, rivalry. Uh, the teams first met back in October of 1903. The all-time meetings are at a, this will be the 60th, 60th all-time meeting. North Carolina leads 35-20-4. The longest winning streak in the series history for either team is five games, both teams pulling off that feat. Uh, they both, of course, use the term Carolina. I have told you this story, and I know I know Dabo Sweeney's Carolinas in Chapel Hill and the universe, that whole thing that happened years ago is one that still burns the bottoms of Gamecock fans. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll tell you this story, and, and I've mentioned it before. I was at the Arc, Arch, the, the gateway to the West in St. Louis, Missouri. That's how you know I'm not making this up. <laughs> Like of all the venues to pick, that's the that's the one you went with, Swanee. I was at the Eiffel Tower. Well, Swanee, you said you haven't been. Okay, I was in New York City, Central Park. Now I was at the Gateway to the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Talking with this guy, he says to me, and I I can't even. Remember the score now, whether it was 44 or 45, nothing, whatever the score was. He goes, man, you remember that time Carolina beat you guys 45 to nothing? I'm thinking this guy, I've told this story here on the air like one other time. I don't remember when it was, but I'm thinking this guy is lost. He has lost his ever loved mind. I'm like, dude, Carolina has never beaten Clemson 45, nothing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They have, they have. Okay, I finally got to the point where I was like, I'll bet you, I'll bet, you know, you, you get this like super hype, like this like wild outlandish, I'll bet you a million dollars that's never happened. <laughs> I hope you take, I hope, I hope you take a check. Um, And I'm like, when? And then he proceeds to say something like, you know, I can't remember if it was, oh, um, you know, Mac Brown was the coach. And then it's like, oh, North Carolina. I, I totally, you know, I'm from South Carolina and I know what Dabo Sweeney said, but the reality is I, you know, if I say, I call it the Clemson Carolina game, I don't call it the Clemson South Carolina game. Um, I would think South Carolina fans probably call it Carolina Clemson. I, I don't know that, but I call it Clemson Carolina. But in, in, in fairness, I will say, and I know South Carolina's fans are also burnt by the bottom of the fact that USC is in California, and that's actually the case. Uh, and you, you, South Carolina, they, they sure went away from the U of SC thing pretty quick. I think you just best to just stick with what you got, South Carolina. But, but North Carolina has the color called Carolina Blue, which is officially licensed. As I am aware, there's no Carolina Garnet available. 
But there is that rivalry between these two teams. And looking back at it, historically, it's been played in either Columbia or Chapel Hill. Uh, but it has had a couple of meetings uh, in Charlotte dating back to 2015 when South Carolina beat North Carolina 17-13. to uh, In 2019, they faced off there uh, with North Carolina beating South Carolina 24-20. Then two years later, they were there for the bowl game, 38-21 South Carolina. And now this year, back in Charlotte, as a matter of fact, their last four meetings have taken place in Charlotte. The last time they didn't play in Charlotte was uh, August 29, 2013. South Carolina beat North Carolina 27-10. to 10. South Carolina was ranked number six in the country. All right. Quick break. We'll come back. Harbaugh going to be sitting out. We'll tell you about it next. Clemson Sports Talk, the show that shakes the Southland on a Tuesday, 803-450-0086. So I mentioned Jim Harbaugh before the break. Well, you probably said, well, I knew that. So I knew he was going to be out for four games. Well, nah, not exactly. So in July, I believe we were like at or near the ACC kickoff. It came out that that was going to be the case. Four-game suspension. But the NCAA's infractions committee rejected the agreement. And now what has happened is Michigan has decided to self-impose a three-game ban or three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh to open the season. That would mean Harbaugh will be able to coach September 23rd against Rutgers. He will not be available for the Wolverines matchups against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. They might say, well, that seems like less of a penalty well, here's the thing. It's really not. It's Michigan trying to mitigate some of the issues that Harbaugh's got face that Harbaugh is facing due to these level one violations that took place. And they must be fairly serious. I know the internet sluice out there talked about that this was about buying a hamburger. That apparently is not the case. So much so that the NCAA, which rarely comes out and talks about these things said the Michigan infractions cases related to impermissible on- and off-campus recruiting during the COVID-19 dead period and impermissible coaching activities, not a cheeseburger. And whatever it is that the NCAA has must be fairly significant because in January, the belief was that Harbaugh would receive between three and six games for this level one violation. Michigan also faces four level two violations, which are less serious. Maybe that's where the cheeseburger falls into the conversation, if that at all. But I bring this up because three games this year and potentially two or three next year stemming from this incident obviously showcases that it's not something uh, to be taken lightly. And I, I also have to wonder if, given the nature of COVID-19, and the practices that were in place from coast to coast during that time. If the fact that during a COVID-19 dead period, where I'm sure coaches across the country felt their hands were tied in a lot of respects, by breaking those, those rules, if it's not going to be, you know, if that's not part of the reason that it's a, you know, a harsher consequence, if you will, for Jim Harbaugh. But he will... 
again, be held out three games by the university this time, self-imposed. And they have not announced who's going to be the head coach while he's out. Harbaugh will be allowed to coach at practice and game prep. But I'm not going to lie. Harbaugh seems kind of like a guy that um, might even try to sneakily figure out a way to do some coaching on Saturdays. Like he, he, he comes across to me as a guy that wants to toe the line as much as possible. And I don't know why that is. It probably shouldn't be that way, but it it kind of feels that way to me. It feels like, okay, Jim Harbaugh is a guy that's going to try to break the rules uh, if he can, just to rub it in the face of the NCAA. Coach via walkie-talkie, I have no idea. Via FaceTime. I mean, am I the only one that feels that way when you just kind of, when you hear him talk? I, I mean, that's the way I feel. All right. Shifting gears away from the Michigan saga and to the AP All-American team being named earlier today, quarterback Caleb Williams. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Made the first team for Southern Cal. Speaking of Michigan, Blake Corum running back and Quinshawn Judkins from Old Miss are on the list. No Tigers, by the way on the first team, offense or defense. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, Romeo Odunzi at Washington, and Emeka Egbuka at Florida, excuse me, at Ohio State, also on the list. So two Ohio State wide receivers uh, are on the list for sure. And then speaking of Ohio State for a second, um, the quarterback battle between Kyle McCord and Devin Brown is developing. A lot of people thought McCord, it was his job for the taking. Apparently, uh, it's not the case just yet. Anyway, great wideouts at Ohio State, loaded at wide receiver. By the way, Travis Hunter, who's at Colorado now, is listed as the all-purpose player, first-team All-American preseason. Jared Verse, who we interviewed at Florida State, was a first-team defensive player on the list. Uh, and then, if you scroll on down, though, you run into a couple of Tigers. All-purpose player, second team, Will Shipley at Clemson. Um, interior defensive lineman, second team, Tyler Davis. Linebackers, Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. make the list uh, on the second team for Clemson. By the way, for all our Gamecocks peeking over the fence, Kai Kroger, or Kruger, however you say his name, uh, he was like Freddie. He was like a nightmare for Clemson fans last year. Uh, he is listed as a second-team punter um, for the AP All-American list. And then for the North Carolina contingent, checking out the program today, Drake May was the second-team quarterback, and many people believe that Drake May will be 
the you know, the runner-up, if you will, for the Heisman Trophy this season behind. Most people think you're going to get back-to-back Heisman Trophy wins for Caleb Williams out there at Southern Cal. So that's a quick look uh, at the AP Top 25. Didn't give you all of the juice on that one. Uh, we just, quite frankly, didn't have time. Georgia, by the way, had the most players. Four guys on there. Tight end Brock Bowers. Center Cedric Van Pran. Safety Malachi Starks. And linebacker Jamon Dumas Johnson. So four Bulldogs uh, on that list as they look for their third consecutive national championship this season. All right, we'll hit a quick break. We'll come back. I don't know, two hours, man. Flies by sometimes. Today feels like one of those days. We'll hit a break. We'll come back. I'm getting the ribbon and bow ready. Well, I'm getting the ribbon ready. You can't get the bow ready. This is too early for the bow, Swanee. I'm getting the ribbon ready so that we can put a big old bow on the Tuesday edition of the show that shakes the Southland right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately? And what have you done always are the same. We win. Final segment on a Tuesday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland. Don't forget, you can text us to be a part of the program. 803-450-0086. Clint in Alabama listening to the program uh, talking about football uh, Friday nights a couple of days ago. He texted us today, though. He said, in reference to your question about why Friday night football isn't as popular as it once was, he said, I think travel baseball and softball cuts into it some. Games start so early on Saturday, some folks choose to skip the Friday night lights. Probably not the main factor, but possible. And, and you know, I went to the game, as I mentioned the other day. I went to the game Friday night, first time I've been over to the Swamp for a game. It's like a small college. It's... I remember when Dorman was being built, that's the way everybody felt, and this is eerily similar to, to Dorman. Um, maybe larger, for all I know, but the football stadium is just ginormous. Um, especially, you know, just the way it's constructed uh, is wild. But the game took forever, and part of the reason the game took forever, everybody passes the ball now. I mean, we didn't get home for the game to like 11 o'clock. I want to. I want my kids to go to a high school where they run the ball forty-five times a game. I want the game over in an hour and a half. I don't need three hours of high school football. It was. It was rough. It was really rough. 
All right, speaking of the text line and the phone line, we did get a call as well talking about high school football. Uh, here we go. Hey, Lawton. Just want to give you a heads up. There's a high school in North Carolina, in western North Carolina, in Black Mountain that has the war horse as their mascot. It's Charles D. Owen High School. Just thought I'd throw that out there for you. Oh, man, look, I appreciate it. Um, I'm looking at their site right now. The War Horse football schedule. Imposters, that's what we call them. The imposters. I did not realize that. I thought there was only one other one over in uh, over in Texas. I'm looking to see now how long is this uh, Charles D. Owen school been around. They got a whole little song or something called I'm a War Horse. Now I really, really want to dive in a little bit. Maybe my, my school can, you know, rip the lyrics. Uh, let's see. Founded 1955. Have they been the War Horses all that time? How did they fly under my War Horse radar is the question that I want to know. They are maroon and white. We were red, red and white. Nah, 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 nah. I think we wore, I mean, I know we wore black as well, but maybe that cheer went red, black and white, but I thought it was red, red and white. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're burgundy. Or maroon, excuse me. They, they kind of have a Texas A&M color. Their football field, though, looks a lot like uh, looks a lot like ours. Their helmets and logos. It's like a maroon color of the the um, Indianapolis Colts, which is basically basically what my high school looked like. I did not realize there was a War Horses in North Carolina. How about that? They play Albemarle. Uh, I don't know any of these other schools. This Mitchell High School, though, they got the mascot looks like uh, the Mountaineers. I like that. There you go. War Horses. Well, I've heard it all. Did not realize that. Appreciate it. Hashtag the Valley. That's their hashtag, which I do like. I wish I, I wish Barnwell had the Valley. That would be a nice little nickname. Um, final thing, kind of a sad, well, definitely a sad story, but um, a strange story out of the NFL as the father of Tennessee Titans defensive back Caleb Farley was killed in an explosion that took place at Farley's house on Lake Norman up near Mooresville. That's a beautiful area. Been on Lake Norman quite a bit in my life. Um, Happened around midnight last night. Think about it. This is like the third one of these that I've seen. I mean, this house is completely obliterated. We're not talking about a tiny house, folks. We're talking about 6,000 square feet just um, blown to smithereens. And I, I just wonder, is is that in part because of, uh, you know, I'm sure it's a gas thing. I know that. I, I just, I mean, well, I don't know that. But I get the feeling it's a gas leak of some sort. And what is it that's happening that we've seen these things a couple of times? I mean, Kind of makes you not want gas in your home, uh, to be honest. Uh, I do have gas in my house just for the, um, you know, for the 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 fireplace and the water heater. I think that's all that use gas. But man, I'll tell you what. I I don't know how you get to this point. Like I and I I hope that you know some of these news outlets will cover this and give some insight into what happens in this scenario. Now that unfortunately and tragically, it's an NFL player's father, uh, in and this was this was Farley's home. It wasn't his dad's house. Farley owned it. His dad, I guess, lived there. But 
uh, and Farther was not there at the time. But maybe now this will get a little more coverage and we can figure out what's happening. That we I've seen a few of these on like TikTok, just houses just blowing up in the background. The only reason you see it now is because so many people have ring cameras and doorbell cameras and all kind of stuff that captures these moments, um, you know, live, so to speak. So again, our thoughts and prayers go out to their family and of course the Tennessee Titan faithful. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, as always, y'all take care now and go Tigers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.